I can't believe I'm saying this, but welcome to Season 6 of the Birding Life Podcast. In this episode, we'll be chatting all about Birding Big Day. I have a conversation with Jody DeBrain, who is part of Vatkeke, who are the winners of last year's Birding Big Day. Jody gives lots of tips and advice for those who want to see more birds on the day. Bring your life to your garden this spring with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden, now available in a 10kg bag plus 1kg free. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westerman's, for the love of birds. My name is Adam, and this proudly South African podcast is your weekly source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and well, anything that we think birders will want to hear about. So, welcome to the show. There are two easy ways to support us that will cost you nothing to do. The first way is by telling someone else about the podcast. So if you enjoyed the content of the show, please share it with someone else. A second way is by following this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, and take some time to rate and comment on it. These two steps help us to grow the podcast and reach new listeners. Please drop us either a direct message on any of our social media platforms or send us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com and tell us where you listen to the show from. We would love to get to know you better. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode of the Birding Life Podcast. So, I've got a first-time guest on the show today, and it's a huge honor and a privilege today to chat to Jody DeBrain. So, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Adam. Uh, great to, to be on it. So, we're going to talk all about Birding Big Day in a moment, but before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because I'm sure a lot of the viewers have absolutely no idea who you are. <laughs> yeah, originally... Um from uh, Ladysmith in KwaZulu-Natal, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a strong shark supporter all my life, and now living up in Polokwane, I'm married, have two kids, and I work in the IT industry, um, and, and generally enjoy being outdoors, especially if you're birding. Yeah, from a birding perspective, I started taking photos in, of birds in mid-2006, and then from there on, joined the Polokwane Bird Club in 2008. And uh, yeah, from there, it's just been a, a love relationship with everything that birding and bird watching has to offer, from uh, casual bird watching, atlasing, uh, twitching, photography, um, meeting other birders, and then of course just being able to get out there and and see different places. It's 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 amazing. So here's the crazy part, and I didn't know this before we did the interview. I actually, just gone on your Facebook profile. I'm not going to give our ages away. You're a little bit older than me. Um, I also actually, when I was when I was younger, I also grew up in Ladysmith. Quite interesting. So we must have actually looking at your date of birth. We might have been in Ladysmith almost the. The same kind of time, possibly. Uh, yeah, I grew up uh, overlooking the um, Clip River and was like kind of at the bottom of, uh, we, we kind of lived next to the bush and everything, and the Clip River was just below our house. So it's really, I mean, uh, <laughs> so it's quite interesting that we have a common background. Yes, yes. Yeah, funny how you meet, re meet people somewhere and uh, cross paths. And where did you go to school in Ladysmith? I was actually at, uh, yeah, for, so um, uh, primary schools, um, Clip River. Um, Keith Street and then Clip River and then from there on um, high school I actually went to two high schools it was Kreinsuch High School and then from there on went over to Ladysmith High School 
before we moved uh, to this uh, Limpopo region. Oh, bro, it's actually quite crazy. The, the honest truth is we, we were probably in, in those two schools at the same time. So it's <laughs> a very small world, eh? Yes, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, but that's uh, for for everyone around the world. That probably meant absolutely nothing to them. But yeah, it's cool. It's it's a lot of um, a lot of fun. So what what was that? You have a, a moment when you started birding, where there was like the spark bird. Because I think one of the things that I'm really sad about was that where we lived in Ladysmith, you know, we lived next to the bush, and I often think. If I'd started birding there, I would have had such amazing birds because we had like all this acacia bush felt all around the house. You know, was there a spark bird for you that you remember that just kind of got this this love of birds kicked off? Yeah, it's actually, I'm not sure if it was a specific bird itself, but but it was interesting. I bought a camera and I decided, listen, yeah, let's take a few photos of people and scenic photos. And then I, I think I had a a moorhen at some point which I photographed and I thought oh this looks fun and then I'm, I went into a, a bookstore and I saw oh the, there's all these um, these bird identification books and I, I actually looked at one and I thought wouldn't that be an idea if I try and photograph all the birds in South Africa without anybody knowing and meanwhile Back at the ranch, I, I was uh, the last person in line, you know. Uh, I mean, everybody was doing that already. So, yeah, and that's how I started enjoying and getting into taking photos of birds, first on at the home, uh, in the garden, and then from there on started going out. And uh, and like I'm saying, in 2008, that's where I joined the Polaquanic Bird Club. So we're going to talk all about birding big day which is taking place on saturday the 4th of december and i know for many birders it's one of the highlights of the year it's something we look forward to so i know this isn't the official pump for what birding big day is about but can you explain for somebody who's never heard about birding big day what is birding big day yes so in short uh, birding big day is a team-based event hosted by birdla south africa and usually held on the last saturday in november the goal of uh, of the day is to actually record as many bird species as possible seen and heard uh, within 24 hours in a demarked area there are two categories to compete in a 50 kilometer radius and then also a smaller six kilometer radius and anyone can participate uh, from anywhere in south africa which actually makes it uh, very accessible to to everybody that enjoys doing some birding this year it's interesting that uh, it will be held a week later than normal. So, um, yes, it just gives an extra time or extra week for some of the migrants to, to come in uh, into South Africa. So, yeah, it should be very exciting. Yeah, and like Institute said last year, I think from a, a conservation perspective and maybe even from a, a tourism perspective, from AV tourism, you know, it's, it's ex- like you've almost got this day where – we highlight South African birding and you know all around the world people can see I mean last year I can't remember the exact number but there was there was more than 600 species recorded in a single day around South Africa and that's that's insane yeah it's crazy the the diversity uh, that can be found in South Africa absolutely amazing I mean you can go to the coast you get all of the seabirds um, uh, dune forest and, and and all the likes of that and then you start moving into the low felt you got crossed um or high felt grassland areas and then into the low felt uh, uh, areas as well, which gets all different species. And then, uh, of course, you have your your proper 
acacia and bushveld um, and um, your uh, forested areas as well. So everything, all, all these areas has something special to offer. So definitely a, a, a very diverse country we have. So last year you were part of the team that came first in Burning Big Day, Vat Kaikye which means what are you looking at for people that don't Afrikaans? And your team managed to see an impressive 329 species. So before we look at this year, can you tell us a little bit about how the day was last year? Give us a little bit of an overview of how the, the day went for you guys last year. Yeah, so um, like always, um, a day or two before, or even a few weeks before, I, I get quite twitchy and nervous about going into this birding big days. Um, the day started off quite windy and a bit overcast and uh, there were chances of showers that were predicted on the day throughout our route. So um, yeah, it made uh, it didn't add, help the nerves at all. But at the end, we kept to our planned schedule, visited all the spots that we wrecked and then uh, seems like the overcast conditions helped with getting all the birds uh, more active during the day. And uh, yeah, we just continued ticking them off. I think the turning point for us when we moved into Mahuba's Kloof and realized uh, that we could really put up a, a, a big score, it had just stopped raining and the bird activity in Mahuba's Kloof was absolutely amazing. Uh, we made up some very good time there and um, that gave us more time to the end of the route um, yeah, so I think it was past just past 7 p.m. at night that we ticked off a, a square-tailed nightjar on the low felt. And then from there on, we started heading back to Polokwane with, a, with another few stops in between. So, yeah, just an amazing day with everything just working together. I think what's always interesting for me is not always what you get to see. And I think what makes Birding Big Day awesome is the fact that every bird counts the same you know whether you see uh, a Narina trogan or if you see a house sparrow it still adds the number and I think it makes quite exciting because almost every bird has has value placed placed upon it but one thing that I'm always interested in is not always the birds that are on the list but the birds that we dip on I remember two years ago the bird that we could not find anywhere was a southern black flycatcher. And I mean, if I go birding, I mean, I, they, 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 some days they're just literally almost like falling out the trees. They're all over. We went all over and we did this whole route and we, we didn't see one southern black flycatcher. That's like, in, that's like a, such a common bird for, for our area. So w what was the biggest dip for you guys last year? Yeah, it's every year the same. Uh, um, there's always one or two that uh, of the common species that you miss out on. And uh, yeah, we actually missed out on a, a yellow-billed duck. So we couldn't, for the love of it, find this bird anywhere in our whole route. So, yeah, they aren't always easy, but, uh, yeah, we should have got this one. Uh, it's always very interesting to hear the bird that that, that is missed. So it's been, an, it's been nearly a year since the 2021 edition. And I want to, my confession is this, that every year I look at teams like Vat KK and look at these teams that are doing really well. 
and look at their numbers. And on the day, there's this, in, there's this moment of inspiration that next year I want to get more birds and I'm going to plan earlier and um, put things together and do things better next year so that I can see more species. And then a week before birding big day, I'm like, oh my word, I better start preparing for for this year because life life does get in the way life gets busy so how do you guys ensure that your planning doesn't get left to the last minute yeah that's a good question yeah fortunately for us our birding big day route falls within our polokwani 100k challenge area which allows us to actually do birding and atlasing throughout the year in the whole um, area as well so uh, we do quite a bit of preparation before um, unknowingly by just doing some good birding within all these areas in uh, around Pulakwani. Um, yeah, but except for that, uh, we usually try and put, um, put in some good effort around three weeks before the actual day, uh, birding big day. And of course, heading into December, everybody gets busy. Um, but between myself, uh, Rowan, Richter and Marsha, all the other team members of Fatkeikye, we use a strategy to divide and conquer to make sure that we fit all the recce's in. Um, so yeah, that's usually the strategy that we use. So possibly one thing that might be a good suggestion for majority of teams is don't do areas that you don't know well. Rather, if you want to get good numbers, rather burden an area that you are familiar with because then you can, you know, hopefully... There's, there's a familiarity of the, the different habitats and the different birds that are possible and where to stop for birds. And that might be just, you know, one piece of advice I can just draw from that. You know, just, you know, don't don't go to an area that you've never birded before and something birding big day for the first time. You know, find areas that, that you're familiar with. Yes, for sure. And and if you do do remote areas, don't expect a, a miracle on the first go. Um, you're going to have to do it a number of times before you actually understand exactly where all the species are hiding away now this question here is probably a little bit bigger than birding big day it probably involves your birding journey as a whole but it does also involve birding big day because something about and i've spoken about this many times in the podcast is that for many birders there's almost the separation between family and they're birding and it's almost like two separate worlds and birding can birding takes a lot of a lot of our time and, you know, planning for birding big day and the preparation that goes into it, there's, there's, there's time that gets put into that. So how do, you, how do you balance all this? I mean, you've got family, you've got um, your career, you've got all these different things, all the demands that life places in you. How do you get that balance right? Yeah, that could be quite difficult. I must say birding itself is probably uh, my only hobby at the moment. But especially if you want to try and work into birding big day, it's difficult for um, looking at all the year in functions, um, expected um, work deadlines that also need to be in before December. But luckily on the home front, um, I've got a very supportive wife. Um, she supports uh, my hobby uh, to the fullest and um, and. Yeah, we we support each other uh, with whatever we want to do, and 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 um, you know that's good for 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 both of us. Um, and then looking at the kids' side, I mean, uh, they also enjoy being out 
Um, I would take them out every now and then with us or, um, when I go and do some birding. Um, but even during this year, a lot of uh, the, they're busy writing exams, so um, they focus to stay at home. So it's it's easier to do some of this, but I would say with regards to work and year-end functions and things like that, it, it could get in the way to try and do all this planning and recce work before birding big day. So we've we've mentioned the planning process for Birding Big Day. And I've, you know, everyone I've spoken to who has done well in terms of Birding Big Day, it's all about the preparation that goes into before the event. And the, you know, your it's almost like the success of of the day is not determined by what happens on the day to an extent. And probably a big percentage of that is determined by what what you do before. Chat us chat us through how does that preparation process look? How long do you start? And, and, and what does it look like? What sort of preparation goes into your team for Burning Big Day? Yeah, of course, there's a lot of recce work that happens before. Um, and like I said previously, we do a lot of birding in the area. So we do have quite a bit of knowledge of where you find what. Unfortunately, you're also going to miss a few species. But then also you uh, are usually surprised with the number of species that you didn't even um, count on which you also get on the day. But in preparation, um, except uh, trying to uh, be out in the field as much as possible for the weeks leading up to birding big day, uh, on the evening before, I try and get to bed as early as possible uh, before birding big day. I mean, even a few hours sleep will go a long way on the actual day. And of course, we have snacks, drinks, coffee, and some more coffee that needs to be packed. Binos, cameras, spotting scope, uh, rainproof jackets and gumboots. All of these need to be loaded into the car. But I think one of the most important things that we also need to pack is our trip schedule. Because that's what we've been planning for. And without that, um, we'll probably be a bit lost. Um, usually I finalize that uh, trip schedule about two days before birding big day and then um, I'll make a, I'll, I'll probably make a few revisions a day before but w- without the schedule we'll be lost on the day so yes I think you mentioned there you spoke about you know birding quite often in, in the lead up to birding big day and that's probably another thing that I've I've found you know it's like one of the things I support away from one of the, my other hobbies I enjoy sport and you know I enjoy watching cricket for example and you can have a cricket player who's immensely talented but if they haven't been playing if they haven't been on the field they they struggle because when they get onto the field they almost have to get back to what I think maybe you call match fitness and and I think that that idea of going out in the weeks before that, almost keeping you keeping your birding sharp. I think if you you know you're not going out, I find I find it almost like uh, it sounds like it's a bit of a weird thing. You lose your touch, and I think it's important that you know getting out there birding as much as you can to keep your I don't know it's a really bad term, but your birding senses sharp. If you if you could if I could say it that way. Yes, agree on that. I mean, you could probably um, skip a few weeks, and you'll find the next time you're in the field, you can't. Uh, recall a specific sound that you're hearing uh, or place a species on it so yeah of course all of this counts and and um, also understanding the area that you're birding um, understanding um, maybe seeing a bird in the bush and you know exactly that just uh, 
calls to or, or says it's this type of bird or or maybe some other small sounds that a bird make that aren't usually heard but which are specific to species and you've picked them up before like that also um, helps of course but yeah being out in the field otherwise uh, you lose your touch so quickly as always the birding life is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app Spot Plot Play a Part download and install the app to play your part in social conservation one of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop we sell optics books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. Etienne Mares, he, he gave one of the things that's always stuck in my mind, not just for birding big day, but also for birding in general. He said this, he said, you don't chase birds, you chase habitat. So how do you guys plan the routes that you'll be doing on the day? Yeah, so of, of course, um, the, the route that we are doing is it's quite a famous route. Um, but let me just give a bit of background on, on Team Watkaikia as well. I joined Team Watkaikia uh, back in 2012. So it's been uh, 10 years of birding big days together. And I think on that first year, we ended up on 238 species, um, which was way lower than what, the, what, what we expected to get. But the route itself has been used by many teams over many years, uh, with Team Zonke Yoni and the late Joe Grossel, who actually pioneered the route. Uh, this popular route covers a wide range of habitats, and of course that's what you want to try and cover, as many habitats as possible. And, and that will, of course, translate into a high species count. We do, however, change up a few spots in between, uh, skipping a dam, um, a visit, or rather visiting a, a different wetland area, uh, if it looks good. Or, of course, try and navigate around a newly built fence in the middle of a popular dirt road, because things like this also just pitch up all of a sudden. So all these are minor changes to the route itself, um, but the actual main route itself uh, stays the same. The focus for us is to go from, in our area, from west to east um, and cover all these habitats as we, as we move along. I think another important thing is not just the route you do, but also where you will, de- where you will be at various times of the day. You know, I've had people speaking about the fact that, you know, certain habitats are better at different times of the day like for example a certain habitat will be better in the morning and rather leave us rather leave this habitat for for lunchtime you know how do you guys plan where you're going to be at different times of the day yeah it is a um you need to actually make sure that you have your timing correct and um we you you want to of course uh, get through your whole route uh, by the end of the day um, fortunately, in our in our area, we we lead up from um, the uh, the bushveld area where we even start our dawn chorus, 
And then from there on, we move around to um, some of the wetland and agricultural areas and a few dams. So it's always bustling with activity by the time that we're actually getting there. And, and you won't just get birds that are hiding away for, for if it was hot and things like that. Of course, then from there on, moving over onto uh, Heinersburg side, trying to cover some of that uh, highland, uh, high altitude grassland areas as well. And if uh, the birds also normally stay quite active, sometimes uh, in the forest it could be a bit quiet, uh, depending on the time. But unfortunately, it's go man go with us. So uh, yeah, we actually go through there about um, mid afternoon, and then from there on we stop dropping down into um, Zanin side. And then uh, late afternoon into the low felt. So you probably get a lot of high, more activity before birds want to go and, uh, go and sleep for the night. So, yeah, um, that's how we try and do that. And, um, yeah, our route just covers all of that at the right um, times of the day, of course. Um, Ideally, you'd like to be at all these areas in the beginning of the morning, but unfortunately, you can't. So, uh, yeah, you just have to stick with the guns and just go go with that. And then another thing that a lot of teams do is this idea of setting targets throughout the day. And you know what what we find is uh, is that you know you kind of start the day and your numbers grow quite quickly. And you almost hit that point where <laughs> you're struggling to add even one more bird to your list. So how do you, do you guys set targets through the day? And if you do set targets, how do you go about setting those targets? Yeah, because we have got a, um, a planned route, uh, we do have targets for specific sections. So we want to try and target, let's say, 150 birds in a specific area and then another 40 birds within a wetland and grassland area and then from there on so we we've got sections that we've uh, that we've broken out um, to actually um, put these targets up for us but what also helps for us is that we have a historical hour by hour scores uh, from previous birding big days so we have a list that that goes with us and we can actually pick up and say by eight o'clock last year we were sitting on as an example 160 Uh, currently we're sitting on 156 so we fall behind but it's not the end of the world Um, and these hourly scores also uh, it's a great indication of the progress throughout the day and it's also a good motivator always i mean if you're ahead, then you say, hey, guys, we're ahead, we're doing well. And if you're behind, then you say, hey, guys, we need to catch up a bit. So, yeah, that's how it works for us. And when we're talking about in preparation for this, you know, what one thing I've realized even in my, my day-to-day birding is, is how habitats change with, obviously, development. And, I mean, we had the floods in KZN in April this year. I think it was that time goes so fast. And even with that there, there's a lot of places where were fantastic birding areas where the whole nature of those areas have changed because of, you know, the floods and that type of thing. So, you know, obviously with, with, that, with that view, recce trips beforehand are very important just to make sure that, you know, areas are still what they used to be and that, you know, that there's accessibility and all those kinds of things are obviously need to be checked on those recce trips. Yes, so yeah, of course, recce's are very important. Um, 
in in all the areas that we visit uh yeah there's sometimes multiple dams uh, multiple wetlands and you can't always just um uh, visit all these areas and try and fit it into the single day um, it just becomes merely impossible um, so you do have to pick out uh, the right spots which has uh, the most activity as well um, and we also do get areas that are seasonally and I'm talking more let's call it a, a five-year or a three-year cycle whereby a spot isn't good and then three years or four years down the line all of a sudden that spot starts booming so recce work is very important um, you need to uh, know what where you need to visit and you need to know which are the areas that we we're going to skip this year um, so even a recce before the day before birding big day just to confirm a few specific things it's it's, it's invaluable but I think I think you know as we talk about this year now we're doing the six kilometer challenge this year, which is it's I, I personally prefer doing the fifty kilometer challenge, but the six kilometer challenge is going to be it's going to be different. And I think you know with the rising petrol prices and that, I think you know also I think you know as we listen to teams doing recce trips and all this type of thing, you know sometimes there there might be people listening who might not have the the, the means to be able to do it. And I think if you don't have the means to, means to do all of that, I think just go out and make sure you have lots of fun on the day because, you know, at the end of the day, the team that won five years five years ago, probably no one actually even remembers who won five years ago. And I mean, as fantastic as, as it is to be the first team in it, you know, I think the main priority is to actually go out and have as, have as much fun as you can. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, I mean the, uh, the fuel price these days are, are absolutely uh, crazy. So... The, you definitely have to see exactly where you're going to uh, spend these costs uh, on recce's and and even where it's going to fit in. Are you going to do the 50k or are you going to do the 6k? I must say the 6k sounds like a very inviting, um, fun day, which could be had. Um, but yes, I think everybody just needs to find what works for them on the day. And just go out and have fun. See a lot of birds and um, and log everything on bird lesser. I mean, everything, uh, a lot of this data gets captured into um, SABAP as well. So that's also important from that perspective. So you spoke earlier about that you try and get a good night's sleep before burning big day. But the day is a long day. And I often find myself that around lunchtime is you kind of hit this, this moment where, you know, all of a sudden you hit this brick wall of fatigue. How do you guys manage that? So how do you keep your energy levels up throughout the day and, you know, keep your focus your your focus out there? Because it, it is quite a, a test of endurance for a lot of the day. Yes, it uh, the day really becomes long and especially maybe if you run into a rain cloud, uh, a rainstorm or um, or you run into an area where you, you're expecting birds and you don't really find them. So then it really starts um, working on your mind a bit. But... Um, in the, in, in the short answer to this, coffee, coffee, and uh, I think some more coffee. Uh, that helps a lot. And of course, we have a number of snacks running around in the car uh, to keep our energy levels up. But except for that, uh, on the nutrient side, so every now and then, uh, we have somebody in the, in the car that can lift the spirits with a quick joke. Or, uh, or do you remember that bird we saw story type of thing so 
yes um it's it's a team effort and it it definitely doesn't fall just onto one person and um yeah we pick up these things and then we try and motivate throughout the whole day yeah so i'm not a a big energy drink drinker but i normally have a couple of cans of red bull that i only the only time i actually drink them is actually once a year on burning big day so i think it's just (laughs) finding what works for you so I've actually, I used to have a friend who used to actually work for, for Red Red Bull. So it'd been quite, but he's not around, he's not in South Africa anymore. It'd been quite cool to get a sponsorship for Red Bull. Try Red Bull, I think, should sponsor Burning Big Day because like they say, it gives you wings. It's quite a good fit, the two together. I think that will work well. So just a, a very important aspect of Burning Big Day is that it's a team sport. And we often forget that, that it's not an individual sport. You know, I think three out of the four of the team have to see the bird and that's all the rules. You can go check out on the site. But you know, how do you guys, you know, in, in terms of team selection, I know, I know you spoke about how you came into this team um, a bit later, but probably more importantly, how how important is team management on the day? You know, how important is that you, and how do you keep team morale up? You know, you spoke about the, you know, cracking jokes now and then, but, you know, how do you get the team to work as a team? Because obviously that's a very important part of, of Burning Big Day. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, so team, uh, Vatka Kiai has, has been in, um, a, a birding big team, uh, a birding big day team since 1996. Um, so before I joined in 2012, they were mostly participating in the family section. Um, so Richter and Rowan van Tonder have been birding for a very young age. And of course, our other member is uh, Marsha, which is Richter's wife. And of course, um, on, the day, on, on the day, they are things uh, various things happening and various things uh, a lot of things need to get done um, from drinks and snacks that need to be handed out so uh, there are people that take responsibility for all of these things to happen and it just comes naturally also the confirming and reconfirming of species that have been recorded Um, everyone has a part to play uh, from the timekeeper to the logger, to the driver. Um, And we just found that after a number of years, our team really gels uh, very well together. And uh, sometimes we do step on each other's toes, but that's just part of the day's happenings. Um, It happens and the next day we forget about it. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing, but I think everybody just finds exactly where they need to fit in and they add on where they need to. My mate Tyron is a little bit of a funny concept and it's just a bit of a joke. So anyone goes and checks our numbers this year, don't don't read too much into what I'm about to say. But he says, you must always have a yes man on the team. So whatever you point out, he's going to be, yeah, yeah, that's that bird. <laughs> he says the numbers look good. So yeah, just the last question. And birding big day is obviously uh, a big part of uh, the birding community in South Africa, but it's it's one day. And how, how has being part of Birding Big Day and your approach to Birding Big Day, how has that helped you? Is that in any way helped how you approach your normal birding days? Gee, that's a difficult one. But I'm firstly going to turn this question around a bit and just answer it like, answer the question, how has my normal birding days helped on Birding Big Day? Which makes a bit more sense. Um, so of course normal birding days and specifically atlassing and I'm always coming back to this concept uh, has helped really a lot on a full birding big day if we didn't have any time for a single recce 
before birding big day, we could possibly still get a, a very high score uh, doing the, the, the current route because we've been doing normal birding throughout the year in the whole area. Uh, but there's no substitute for being out in the field. But coming back to that original question, um, after the mad rush of birding big day, and it really is a mad rush, If you, it, it seems like 24 hours is a very long time. But if you um, look again, then you're busy driving back home and the day is over. Um, but I would say... Uh, you sure start to appreciate the normal birding days after a mad rush like birding big day and even a slow day with normal birding it it, it just sounds great yeah i think birding big day kind of puts everything that you do in a mix i mean i thought about this when you're answering that question you know there's obviously the thrill of chasing birds the possibility of the thrill of chasing even uh, a rarity on the day. There's the the that the the day of spending time with people that you that you enjoy spending time with, and all those things together make birding day a fantastic fantastic event so jody it's been fantastic to chat to you i really appreciate you being on the show and i'm sure that this is going to help a lot of people to to see more birds so for those that would like to participate in birding big day we'll pop a link into the notes of the show or you can go onto the bird life south africa website and you'll be able to get information about birding big day we encourage everyone to take part in the day um, and you're also able to uh, actually contribute to conservation through the day. There's a way that you can buy badges and this type of, that type of thing or even raise sponsorship throughout the day and you can actually make a valuable contribution, not just uh, having birds ticked off, but actually contributing to conservation. So we encourage listeners out there to look for ways to use Birding Big Day, not just to chase after birds, but to hopefully conserve birds in the long run. So... Yeah, once again, Jody, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Super, yes. Um, just wishing everybody safe travels and, and a lot of great birds on Birding Big Day. Thanks, Adam. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.